and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Good morning, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed that clip. It's from a series called um, Young Sheldon. And if you've ever watched The Big Bang Theory, it's of one of the characters when he was a, a child. And there's some really, it's a really lovely series, actually. Um, and that clip shows how actually it was really important to the mother for Sheldon to believe what she believed, or else he was in trouble. It was equally important for Sheldon to not <laughs> believe that and to follow his own line of thought. And we've been actually really exploring recently um, how we get moving. Um, two or three weeks ago now, the message was status quo versus status quest. And if the status quo is the way things are in our lives versus the status quest that says, what else is there to be discovered? There's a challenge for all of us to sometimes think about, well, where am I with that? What do I think about that? What do I believe about that? How do I even feel about that? And to sometimes get moving, which is very difficult to do when you're very locked in to what you currently think, currently believe. And not only are you locked in, but it's very important to you that everybody else around you gets locked into the same idea as well. And then last week, we very much um, talked about safetyism. And we also talked about what you could call brickism, where actually it was about when the static things in our life and our relationship with the things that we want to keep secure and the way we want to see the world and how we can view that through the lens of just keep me safe, how some of those things mean that they stop a movement in our life. And then instead of doing this thing that we called living, we can be sort of sleepwalking sometimes to just the way things have always been. And that's okay, but as as a, as a church here, we like to be people that say we're going to move and we're going to grow. And if we weren't to explore that on a Sunday morning, you'd think we weren't being ourselves, I would hope. So last week we said, do one thing a day that scares you. And I already know, a couple of you have texted me this week and said, I did this. And it was a real challenge, but I've done it. Um, but I was thinking about taking one step back this morning. Because if we're going to do some of the things that scare us, there's a lot of reasons why we do what we do and nearly always the action starts further back with the way that well the stuff that goes on in our heads a lot of the time and we are going to do some um thinking this morning about our thinking um so be prepared for that one um because we also heard recently that belief links very much to how we feel about our experiences which are the result of our post-receptive judgments. Now, if you think about that, how can two of us see and hear the same thing all the time and yet draw a different conclusion? It's because the same thing happens, but the way we receive it 
gets filtered through all of our stuff and comes to a very different conclusion. It always fascinates me that you can be having a conversation, you walk away and you think, was that even the same conversation? Because people have taken away different things. So what if we were to consider then that if we were to change the judgment about an experience we actually would change how we experience it. And that's some of the stuff we talked about before and we want to think of a little bit again as we consider movement in our lives. And because even some of the things that are very solid in our lives and yet are negative, why do we still want to keep them? Because if we didn't want to keep the negatives in our life, we would fight really, really hard to get rid of them. But they become our solids. Even the worst things that have happened to us become the things that we have to keep because they're ours and they've defined us and shaped us. Um, in November 2020, we talked a lot about what's the matter with matter. And this was the, one of the things that we heard. We have a problem. We want to trust our beliefs. We don't want to trust God because God is dangerous. Our beliefs we can define, God we can't. And so we keep the creator captive to what we can comprehend. So how dangerous is the thought of you stepping out of your current belief this morning? Do you like what you believe? Do you not want to lose what you believe? Or might you be willing to do something else? And I've written down here, why we do what we do is something that we often refuse to get honest about because we each hold a version of ourselves that we can live with. Um, and recently, just to give you an example, I have recognised that I made a bit of a make a bit of a post-receptive judgment about myself a lot, which is this. And I'm oversimplifying for the point of an example, but it's still a good example for you to use. I have a sort of belief that goes around in my head and a recurring thought is that if I have a problem, I am a problem. And some of you may resonate with that. Um, and it manifests itself in different moments in my life. And it makes me absolutely terrible at asking for help in certain situations. I will wrestle on my own. I will fix it on my own. I will struggle on my own. Because if you, I tell you that I have a problem, you may see me as a problem. And that's one of the ones I'm working through recently. And as you listen... Um, to me this morning and to Ruth, who's going to share some stuff as well in a few minutes, have a little think about the things that get attached to you when you think about that. So for as long as this is my judgment of myself, if I have a problem, I am a problem, I'm going to remain not so great at asking for help in those situations. And so I can either stay stuck or I can move. And I was thinking, well, is that just me? Is everybody very happy with their life the way it is and there's only me that wants to change? And I thought, well, let's, let's just ask you this question this morning. How true is this of you? Okay. I want everything to stay just as it is now forever. I want to stay just as I am for the rest of my life. I want everyone I know to stay just as they are and never change. I have no desire to see or experience anything new at all. If you can answer all of those four questions honestly, then you, well done. <laughs> well, well done. Um, I can't. There's things I want to see. There's ways I want to grow. There's things I want to see transformed and there's experiences I want to have. So for, assuming for at least in part, most of you like me would like to see thing, things move forward. Um, how do we take some responsibility for the skin that we're in um, to think, well, how am I going to do that? In 2020, there was a study that estimated that we have 6,200 thoughts a day on average. 
That's 1,440 thoughts an hour. I can't remember what that is. Hang on. I might have done the maths wrong here. <laughs> I didn't work on it. I'm not even going to read that next line because I think my maths wrong. But all I... <laughs> it's a lot. You're having a lot of thoughts. Oh, no, I think it's to do with that many for hours. I got it down to about two every 30 seconds. But don't, don't quote me because that might be wrong. And if any of you think, well, I don't think that much, I will tell you now, it's an average and I got your share. So we are all averaging out today. Now, just in case you think, well, I'm not a thinker. I never think. Um, just before we move on, I'm going to give you a little test of this. So can I have that clock on, please? Um, then this is going to go for 30 seconds. And I would just like you to think, if you can, count how many thoughts you have in the next 30 seconds. Are you ready? Okay, you just discovered whether you're a, <laughs> a manic thinker or not. If anyone says, I didn't have a thought, I guarantee you, you have the thought, well, I'm not thinking anything, and that's one. So everybody has at least had one thought. So with all this thinking that we are doing about all this stuff that we have, how does that fit in with how we move on, how we don't get so locked in our beliefs that there's no room for them to change? Um, what's that all about and where do we go next? Well, in this next clip, it's from Frozen. And Elsa's experience has also become, I am a problem. And so she enters into isolation and her parents basically say, we'll protect you, we'll look after you, we're going to make it that you're in here and you're safe and all of those things and they limit her. And then that experience very much becomes her own even after her parents aren't around anymore and she just becomes, I am a problem. And early in the clip you will hear this line, the heart is not so easily changed but the head can be persuaded. And, and she'll need to change her mind if she's going to start to experience anything new. And this morning we're hoping that you're going to start to hear some very practical ways in which you can change your mind and quite possibly then change your experience. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to start off, obviously, I'm going to talk about thoughts and how powerful they are, that I believe that they're really powerful. And I thought I'd start off by um, using some quotes from different people, their ideas about thoughts. So I've got a few up on the screen. Um, let's start off, we've got Gandhi up there first, and he's saying, a man is but the product of his thoughts. What he thinks, he becomes. So he's saying our thoughts lead us to become something. So um, maybe the ne next one now. Uh, this is Norman Vincent Peale. I don't know if anyone's heard of him. And he's saying, change your thoughts and change your world. So he's really indicating how powerful our thoughts are, that they're influencing our world. Um, and then we've got, we've got a couple more, another, another one up next. Um, this is from the Bible, Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I think that's on the same lines of the one Gandhi said, right? we can't become something through what we're thinking. Um, and we've got another one. 
Um, I think he was a philosopher, a writer, um, and he's saying the ancestor of every action is the thought. So basically, um, before everything that's done has come from a thought. It started with a thought. So anything that's made or done has had that thought at the beginning of it. Um, got another couple. I think he was a philosopher as well. I'm not. He's. I just find the very the good things that they're saying. I don't know too much about the people. A person is only limited by the thoughts he chooses. So our thoughts, they say, suggesting they can limit how our freedom and the the way that we live our life. Um, we've got. I think the next one is one that I really like. It's a funny one. This one. It's the Roald Dahl from the Twits. But I just think it's really lovely. A person who has good thoughts cannot ever be ugly. You can have a wonky nose and crooked mouth and a double chin and stick out teeth. But if you have good thoughts, they will shine out of your face like sunbeams. And you will always look lovely. I really like that one. Um, and then we've got another one. Um, this one's by a ministry called Abraham from Abraham Hicks. And I find this one really powerful. A belief is just a thought you keep thinking. Um, so really, like a belief. I actually wrote... So I just want to turn this um, I wrote down something about that because there's thoughts that um, came to my mind from it because it sounds a belief. It could appear to be a rigid thing, but if you just see it as a series of repeating the same thought, you can get in there and question that thought when it's, um, you see it coming up. And um, when you get in and question it, you start to like destabilize that belief I, I see. And it's not so rigid anymore. Um, so you can get in between the thoughts. I feel like the space is in between for you to get in. Um, so it's, yeah, belief just sounds to me like it's, it's a thing. But if it's just a thought after thought after thought, and I kind of thought like if you've got a negative belief that you're not actually wanting, how would you start to like destabilize that belief? And I, I picked one that I've sort of identified as being a belief, which is not something I've wanted in my life, but it has these beliefs do have kind of a big impact in the way you live out your life, I think. And it's one I've had is I'm not good enough. Um, so I've kind of like, I try to get into that between those thoughts. Because obviously I feel that I'm just repeating that thought over and over again in my mind. Um, so like maybe I could question it by saying, why do I think that? And where's that thought coming from? Um, is it true? I'm just asking it questions. Um, and it's not saying it's going to suddenly disappear, but I started to cast some doubt on it. Um, so I'm going to share my ideas and feelings about thoughts and the things I've learned from different faiths, lots of different people's journeys, um, films, books, lots of things, just living life in general and going through my own life. And they make sense to me and I feel like they're helping me. And I just think if other people just listen, there may be something that might help you and you may be able to apply in your life. It might help because we've all got our own you know, guidance inside, I feel, that just shows us what's right for us and for our, our journey. And so I'm, I'm sharing what um, the things I've learned. Um, and I think our thoughts are powerful, but I don't believe that we are our thoughts. I believe we've got a center part of us that like connects to God, and I think that's who we really are. Um, and of this center part of us, I've heard it called so many different names. Like I said, I've sort of I've looked in, lo, lo, learned from lots of different sources, really, and. Um, 
these are some of the names that I've heard it called, this part where I feel is our God connection, um, our inner being, our heart, our source, our consciousness, our spirit. Um, I'm going to share something from a book today, and he calls it your healthy functioning. I quite like that one. Um, so, so I think that being able to see um, that this is the real you, that part of you has really been really important, being able to see that our thoughts are not who we really are, and we can choose which ones we connect with, because it's not actually us, the thoughts. Um, and I, I don't know, some of you might have been here a few months ago, I did an exercise, it was from um, a book called, from a man called Deepak Chopra, and it was um, where we said our name, and um, I'll go through it again, because not all of you might have been here, and I wanted to do that again, but I'll explain it first. So we sort of say, in our, I'll get us to close our eyes when we do it, but we say in our mind, I am, and we say our full name. So I would say, I am Ruth Devonport in my mind. And then you just sit for a minute and just think what thoughts come up in your mind. And then I'll say, then next time say, I am, and I'll just say, I am Ruth. Jenny will just say, I am Jenny. And then just think about the thoughts that come up when you say that. And then next, I'm going to say, just, I am and just rest for a minute thinking if there's any thoughts come up from that. And then I'll just ask you to listen to your breathing for a little bit. So um, that's the process that I'm going to get us to, to practice. So I just thought if we, well, I think it's best if you close your eyes because then there's no distractions. And I'll, I'll just go through that again with you. So when I say, um, you're going to put your, obviously put your name in it, okay? So... I want you to just say now in your minds, I am, and put your full name in and just see what thoughts come up. And then if you just say, I am, and put your first name in it, and just have a little, see what thoughts come into your mind. And then just say, I am. And then just um, think about breathing in and out. Breathe in and out. Just listen to your breathing. Okay, um, when, when I did that before, some people came to, said to me they felt like a reduction in their thoughts as they went through that process, because I think when you strip everything back to get to that God connection, the real you, you've kind of taken all those things, that the thoughts and the things whizzing through our mind that we often think, well, this is me, um, that I don't think that is really you. Um, I believe that that inner part, being part of us, connects with our physical world through our thoughts. And I think that the thoughts, uh, what thoughts we connect to determines the quality of our lives. So that's why I think they're really powerful. Um, I think that what, the way we feel depends on the thoughts we're thinking. And I don't think it's actually what actually happens that makes us feel negative or positive in some way. It's what we think about what happens. So this, like Jenny said earlier, the same thing could happen to two people. And they could, um, it could be you know, a completely different reaction. One, somebody could see it as a completely positive thing, somebody else as a completely negative. It's just the way we think about what happened. 
Um, once you realise that you're not your thoughts and you have the power to choose them, I think there are probably many different ways to gain more freedom in your mind. Um, but I'm just going to share maybe some of the ones that I've tried that are helping me. But, you know, I don't think this is limited to this. I think there's so many ways and you could find your own ways. Um, some of the things I've tried are the questioning the thoughts that I said about before. Just get in there between them and we'll say, well, why am I thinking that? Because I, I can just get random thoughts coming and think, well, where's that come from? And I'll, I won't maybe just let it reside there anymore. I might just sort of, you know, dig in there and question it um, and also um, finding maybe a slightly better feeling thoughts than the one I'm having this is something I've learned a bit from the that Abraham Hicks ministry I put a quote up about um, so you're maybe challenging the thought and trying to step it up a bit until it feels in a better place um, I took an example of thought um, a thought I could have is uh, maybe I don't think I can deal with this and maybe I can step it up a little bit to a thought where I've said, oh, I've been through a similar situation before and I came through it. So I've kind of brought that thought up a little bit there. And then um, maybe I could bring it up a bit more and think, well, I could really learn some things from this situation that could help me. And I've kind of like stepping my thought up to bring it to a bit of a better, better feeling place. Um, and, next, and next I'm, I'm going to describe a method I'm using to deal with um, negative thought patterns that start to escalate for me. Um, so in, in my own life, the more I start to think negatively about something, the more I seem to get stuck in it. Um, I think over my life, habits, as I've, as I've grown up, I seem to have developed some, a lot of negative thinking habits. And I, I do think the habits now, I don't think, I don't think it's who I am at all. Um, something might happen around me or my mind just starts to fixate on something and I can feel I'm like at a tipping point where I could go down a track that kind of leads to an avalanche of negative thoughts. Um, Steve has to live with me through this, so thank you, Steve, for helping me. <laughs> um, but as my awareness is growing, I can see this more clearly now, but um, I can see that that's happening, but it doesn't mean I'm at the point where I find it easy to stop it. Um, I feel it's like this pattern, it's, a bit, it's like an addictive pattern, and then I can relate to an immense pull to go down a track where it's not going to end well, because addictive patterns, they don't end well. Um, with me, it's the negative thinking. Um, there's so many different addictions that... Um, I can feel like I don't have control to stop it sometimes, but I've come to believe it really is just a bad habit that I've kept repeating and repeating, so it's become a habit. Um, don't, you know, that's taken some of the power out of it because it's not my identity, so you need to, these things are our identity. Um, I'm going to share a bit from a book I'm currently reading by a man called Richard Carlson. Um, it's called Stop Thinking and Start Living. I'm going to pick it up in a minute, but I've got a couple of things written down. Uh, he's the one that refers to God, that centre part of us, as our healthy functioning. Um, and he says that life can be seen as a continuing series of choice points. And he also says a choice point is an isolated moment in time when you have an opportunity to choose between your healthy functioning, the path of love and contentment, and the path of thinking it through. Um, so I'm just going to read a little section from the book. So he, he's talking about um, an emotion of anger, but I'm going to put in anxiety in it because that's the thing that I deal with the most. So when I've said anxiety, he's, he, in the book, it's just he's put anger. 
Um, when you understand that you have choice points, you can feel a negative emotion such as anxiety, but at the same moment, you can be fully aware that another part of yourself would prefer to respond with love and peace instead of anxiety. When you become grounded in this truth, you'll begin to look for this better feeling, even in the midst of your negativity. The more certain you are that your healthy functioning does exist, independent of your depression, the more patient and persistent you will be in your search. Like a tree in a forest reaching for sunshine, you will seek out a part of you that is peaceful. And when you find that part of yourself, no matter how small it may be, you'll put all of your attention on that feeling and thus giving it what it needs to grow and develop. So choice point after choice point, you will become stronger and more committed to your own healthy functioning. Each time you choose happiness, happiness over negativity, you will be a little bit closer to conquering your depression. It's not an easy path to take because habits are hard to break. But look at your options. They are not easy either. Instead of becoming aware of your choice points and choosing love over negativity, you continue using your thinking against yourself. You will continue to live a life of pain. And every moment of your life is another choice point, another fork in the road. And even when you're feeling good, you're at a choice point. So that, that's his view on the choice point. And that, but the whole book is really good, actually. I'm really getting a lot out of that. Um, just one second. All right, so, so that's where I'm at, acknowledging my choice points. I'm working to break a bad habit of negative thinking, one choice at a time. And if I don't make a great choice, I've just got to learn to let go of it and start again with the next choice point. It's not always that easy in practice, but um, um, it's just see. And actually, I think just seeing these choice points in our lives is a massive step in the right direction because you're actually seeing them. You're you're on your way to freedom. Um, you start to realise that you have the power to choose your thoughts. It's in your control. It's just going to take practice. Um, when I, remember, when I choose to remember my God connection, that healthy functioning, whatever you, term you have for your connection to God, it's like, I think it's like connecting to that thought we've talked about, said here about all is well, everything is going to be okay. I think that's like when we feel that we know we're connecting with God when we feel that. And I, I kind of have a little vision in my head of it where I see like a, a ball of white light. And, um, and I also, that scripture comes in my head as well about the peace of God that transcends all understanding is guarding my heart and my mind in Christ. And that I, that's thoughts sometimes when these thought habits are going on with me, I come to that thought, put it in, see this white ball of light. And it's, that's a sort of a visual um, but uh, there's sometimes there's another little method I throw in here this is really helps me sometimes I can get so bogged down in a negative thinking you know, I don't actually know what I'm thinking and I can't even seem to acknowledge my inner being um, in this case I practice thankfulness this has rescued me so many times being thankful um, this is where I, you know in church when we sing praise songs we're trying to help people to be um, getting that thankfulness place. Um, I can't maybe start saying things I'm thankful for. They might be big or small. I write them down. I have a thankfulness book. I write in it, and they, they can be any any manner of things we're thankful for. Um, and I also sing songs. This really helps me. I sing. Um, I don't. You, you will remember it, Joel. The awesome day song. I sing that so many so many days. It just like the words of that help me. Um, it's from years ago here. But if you find a song that is um, full of thankfulness, appreciation, love. If you're struggling, get your mind on something like that. Um, and 
so, and I feel like, oh, I often when I start um, think, thank you for my family and love, it's like I hit something where I feel something change and um, the fog starts to clear, lifted enough to get back on track. Um, so, but what I'm talking about today, it's not a quick fix, it's about persisting. Um, who's watched the, short, the film The Shawshank Redemption? Um, excellent film, we've shown clips of it here, but the whole film is incredible. And I just think it's an awesome example of perseverance. He just never gives up the man in that film. And he gets incredible freedom. But it's all about, just watch, if you're not seeing it, watch it. But it's about persisting, 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 never giving up, persevering. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my words that don't give up. Um, so um, that's, sorry, I'm on the wrong one. Um, or you might be thinking this is a bit of an extreme case and you might feel you've never thought like this, you've never had these kind of issues. Some people have, some people haven't, but I feel this can be used for every level of thinking. I don't think you have to have been struggling greatly with um, anxiety or depression or anything. Um, you know, you, you can be any level of thinking. You can reach for better feeling thoughts, even if you haven't felt like I have. Um, when you start becoming aware of your thinking and realize that you have the power to change your thoughts step by step um, for better feeling ones, you start to see things in a different way. And like Norman Vincent Peale says, change your thoughts and change your world. And I also just wanted to end it by saying like how Roald Dahl says, good thoughts will shine out of our face like sunbeams and we will always look lovely. And I just added my little bit on and we'll be lovely to be around as well. So. Okay. So, um, firstly, thank you so much, Ruth, um, for sharing. So, honestly... Um, it's so helpful. Um, and what I loved about what Ruth did there was do some very practical things that you can do. And I've been, oh, I've been thinking a lot about thinking all week as we've been preparing. And one of the greatest, greatest discoveries of my own um, faith, because I, I grew up in church, it's, it's all I've ever known. Um, but one of the greatest discoveries for me was that my, my faith did not have to bypass my brain. Um, and that might sound really odd to some of you, but it was this thing that I would sometimes think that I had to, um, I absolutely believe uh, with what, and um, agree with what Ruth said, sometimes you, when you do that I am moment, you do get out of your own head and sort of end up somewhere that feels that sort of transcendent space. But I used to come to church trying to transcend, thinking, leave your brain at the door, come in, try and have an experience of connecting with a God outside myself. And it was exhausting trying to work out um, how to tap into this other thing um, that almost had to not make sense, but I had to connect to. And one of the things I'm most grateful for about um, the journey we've been on and, and the deconstruction of a lot of my faith is that I can now use my brain. I can now think thoughts. When Ruth said getting about in the space in between and questioning what you believe, I have been able to question everything. Um, and one of the things that I've, the, the things that has been... A, a, recurring in my mind all week was when I got to the point probably about six or seven years ago where I genuinely thought I, I have to I feel like I have to reject the whole of what I've always believed to be able to really work out where I go next I was sitting in my living room um, with Chris and I said to her I honestly don't know if I believe any of it anymore and she looked at me and she just said and this was 
the, the leader of the church, um, looked at me and she said, okay, well, wherever you need to go next, will you just do one thing for me? And I said, what's that? She said, will you stay my friend? And that blew me away. It still blows me away. Whew. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> It blew me away because she wanted me to stay connected to my own journey to find God again. And um, I'm still on that journey because certainly how it used to work for me doesn't work anymore. Um, But I'm finding something and I am finding something through my questions. I'm finding something through my connections. I'm finding something through my rejecting of things and exploring new things and expanding. And I am so grateful to be part of a place where I get to use um, my brain. And so I wanted to really today, I want you all to hear that your mind and your thoughts are your friend And you don't have to come into this building every week and have the right answers or have the right beliefs or know what it is to say or say it perfectly or even know how you feel about faith or God or anything. You actually just get to come and do some great thinking. And I think that's pretty incredible to be able to be loved like that and to stay connected. Um, I've no idea where I am now. Now, I know that that won't be true for all of you, and some of you will be like, wow, your, your God was weird. Um, and that's okay. Some of you can relate to it because you've been the same journey of me. But I do want to say to all of you, how often do you measure your, um, the way your day is going on how it feels, and you almost just accept anything that comes after? you without actually doing what Ruth said and finding space within the thoughts, space within the emotions to ask questions about it. Why am I having this reaction? Why is this something that I'm fixating on? What's the space in between all this where I can perhaps not be at the altar and worshipping all of what's happened to me in my day, but to start to find what Ruth called those choice points. Where are your choice points where you go, I am, now what move am I going to make? Um, and if you allow your mind to be part of that process and if you allow others their journey what I loved about that mother at the end is she still believed what she believed but she let him have his journey and she reassured him that he was going to be loved anyway so Sheldon's approach was to reject his inherited beliefs outright at the beginning but he was persuaded to think to go and draw some own conclusions and then at the end she gave him his you know what no matter where you are I'm going to be there which is going to be our final song so what about um any thoughts finally what about those thoughts that we think that are about past experiences because any thoughts you're thinking about anything happening in your life right now, you could think, well, yeah, I can make some moves, I can make some choices. What about the stuff that has already happened? The stuff where we repeat, we go over, we wish it could have been different. What about the stuff from the past? Well, interesting, in our sort of chat that we've got where we're sort of trying to throw ideas in the pot for for Sunday, and I'm very grateful for the group of people helping there. Um, I think it was Claire remembered a clip this week that about Oprah Winfrey. Winfrey? Oprah Winfrey. What's her name? Winfrey. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey. And she has this definition. Well, she'd heard someone, 
have uh, give this definition of forgiveness and she said this was the best one she'd ever heard forgiveness according to this man was giving up the hope that the past could have been any different that's powerful you're going to have to really go away and think about that one but can, are we prepared to give up the hope that the past could have been any different and find that I am not I was or not that could have been but to find the I am because if we're prepared to change the judgments even on those things we might well change the experience so I'm going to trust tonight tonight I did it I nearly did it I nearly did it is that my first one I'm going to trust this morning that God, whatever that comes to mean to you as you keep journeying, is great enough to handle you having all kinds of thoughts that are not a threat to faith. They are the stepping stones of your faith as you keep finding the space in between them. And I love that, the idea of God as healthy functioning. <laughs> I really liked that thought. So change your mind, change your experience and be fr make friends with all of you including your mind keep finding the spaces in between and let's see where we go next thank you thanks for listening to another q york podcast now if you've enjoyed what you've heard today then we would love to hear from you feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>